Hello, and welcome to another episode of Midmitten Gaming. Uh, it is great to be back here in the swing of things. Uh, we hope you're enjoying the episodes and our Free Blades um, faction highlight or you know where faction to go overview. from the starter box. Yeah. Thanks, faction overviews. Um, yeah, uh, tonight we are going to be going over the Kandoran Deathmasters. Uh, I was really excited about these guys when they released. Jeff can attest to this. Um, I was ecstatic, and I you, still love the faction. Yeah, you like everything necromancy, though. So when yeah, the necromancer I, faction came out, you were like giddy. <laughs> yes, I I like minions. This is what it, it, it comes from. Not necessarily the necromancy side, but the minions is fun. And then uh, there's a little bit to it that's kind of fun, like anatomy, I guess. But you know, that's like I don't know. But um, anyway. Uh, before we get into that, though, Jeff, let's start you off with the hobby progress. Yeah, so uh, hobby progress, a couple of things that we've been doing. Um, we are starting a new Pathfinder campaign, not the one that we record. Curse is still going strong. Uh, we're starting a different one for our other uh, our weekly game, and that one is uh, I'm pretty excited about. I'll be I've been putting together the character. I'm running a tiefling sorcerer with the infernal uh, bloodline. And the reason I am excited about that is mostly for role-playing opportunities because my character will be a devout worshiper of Ray, which is a goddess, uh, neutral good goddess of mercy. And so it's just a really different, you know, kind of a different take on that. So really excited to, uh, to do that and, and everything like that. Just can maybe share a little more about he's the mostly game. forever. He's mostly excited about not being a forever GM oh my gosh, in this one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then as far as other hobby progress is concerned, I have spent some time today putting together uh, O12 uh, models for Infinity, which has been it's been uh, pretty good. Infinity models are always a little finicky, but man, those sculpts are just fantastic. So they're kind of a pain to put together, but the sculpts are gorgeous, so I really like that. And I think I mentioned this already, but I did a whole bunch of, uh, maybe I didn't, I, don't, I, I can't recall. But uh, I did a whole bunch of conversions for Freeblades. And so I have a whole bunch of converted models here. It was hacking and sawing away. Uh, We're very proud. Yeah, you are very proud. Juice loves uh, conversions and stuff like that. And I finished my Rogerum. Yes. So my dismounted uh, Warriors of Rohan for the Lord of the Rings battle strategy game. So excited about all that. Uh, Juice, what have you been up to? Uh, kind of the same as last time. I think I worked on a couple objectives for Bushido. I haven't finished yet. I quickly painted and just tested out a color scheme for um, Battletech, just for kicks and giggles on some stuff I 3D printed. House Corita! Yeah, I'm going with the red for House Karita from the Draconis, not Empire, the Draconis. <laughs> Combine. Uh, yeah, just like the farm equipment. But um, yeah, so that'll be fun. I just uh, like the inner spear mix. I don't like the chicken look as much, except for missile boats and stuff. But Well, you're also uh, a yeah. chicken tender, so <laughs> yeah. you see those all day long. Yeah. Um, I do tend chickens, but, um, anyway, that's, that's kind of it for hobby progress. I, um, I haven't really had much time, unfortunately. I have spent a lot of time reading stuff, so I've been reading the, um, rule book for Bushido, also reading some Pathfinder stuff, and, um, that's most of what my hobby time's been. It's been, um, having, have a new kid here, so, uh, haven't been sleeping a whole lot, so. I haven't really been painting as much, been a little more tired, but, but yeah, it has been good. Um, I'm excited to paint up some more Bushido and get those um, objectives done because I really like thematic objectives. It makes the game more fun for me. So, yeah, I got one more. Uh, I have one more monk to paint for my uh, Bushido warband, and then uh, and then I'll have my 100 rice group together. So yeah, and then we'll probably care. probably get a game in. That'll be fun. What's this full painted band? That'll be a first. So yeah, well, you won't like it because I'm playing the I'm playing the monks, so they all have the yes, they're broken. It's they get fine. To count one. 
GCT, if you're listening to this, let's consider changing that. Perhaps <laughs> it's weird. To, it's weird to explain. I'm demoing the game, and I'm like, okay, ones you always take them out, except for when you're playing monks. And I don't add that part in there, but it's very confusing when they're like, I thought ones never count as anything, and then they're like, hi, we're monks. They count. Yeah. Every other faction. Nope. Well, I guess there's monks in other factions, but well, these guys, these guys have the kata, and so that lets them count ones. Well, I believe, I think his name is Defukai or something like that. The fire monk from, it, like basically any monk from any other faction, to the fire monk from Silver Moon, he also, also has, has kata, kata. Yeah. and he's very good. I will bring him sometime because that way you can feel the wrath feel the of, burn. of the, feel the burn. of the kata <laughs> and the fire coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cool. One other Perfect. thing. Sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, I think we forgot to link your uh, mid mid mitten or mid Michigan miniatures page last time, so we are going to do that this time if we haven't. But all oh, the, uh, the I, Facebook yeah. page, yeah, yeah, yeah. I encourage you guys to check that out for his commission painting. Uh, it does a really great job. Has really reasonable pricing on there for lots of different scales. And then also, uh, last episode we announced the winner of the Bushido demo giveaway. Um, Daniel, if you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to and get on there and uh, I'll be bringing it to Freeblades Night here and you can claim your prize. So This Wednesday. Yes, this Wednesday. Be there or you, be square. You've also been kind of uh, brainstorming a campaign for Freeblades, haven't you? Yeah, I I have. I um, had... It's Jeff's fault. Um, You're welcome. So I... Uh, I wanted to call it Eye of the Serpent. It's uh, kind of going to be based upon the Shacker Miles. Hoping we can try that out in our local group once we get it a little bit more fleshed out. But it's going to have Shackram and Pirates, Mershael, and lots of fun different things. That's one thing that's really great about Freeblades in general. Uh, the campaign and the um, you know customization system of it is very freeing and um stuff like that can easily happen where we can make a local campaign um, for our group that we're going to probably share with uh, everyone else. So we hope you look forward to that on the Freeblades players page. But whenever we do go to share that though, it's, it's great because um, some game systems that we play, they don't have that option. There's no blueprint that we can kind of follow, but this has an easy blueprint to follow. Uh, of course, we're going to change things a little bit just because um I like certain mechanics of the game. We'll kind of throw them in there just to see how they do because the campaign system doesn't have to be as balanced because it's not meant for that. <laughs> it's meant for leveling up and having ridiculous fun. Like when you're, you're a leader for Blackthorn uh, or um, has a D16 Mar, you know, it's just like, wow, this is ridiculous. Innovation too. Oh, wow. You know? Yep. And uh, just to throw something out, I may have already promised somebody uh, Colin, that we will be um, doing the playtesting continual spells for that one. I thought it was very thematic with some of what you were talking about, so that's all right. Boom, boom, boom. Yes, but no, I'm just kidding. Cool. Everyone has the continuous spell of dark vision. Congratulations. All right, goodbye. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there we go. We playtested it. No one complained. There was not a single night mission. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that's kind of that's some of the stuff we've been working on. And then one other thing I want to, I just want to plug this. Uh, just doesn't know I'm doing this. One thing I want to plug is uh, unsanctioned free bands. And so if you uh, if you're interested in in free blades and kind of have been, or have been playing for a little while and you want to check that out, it's on download section DGS's uh, um, web store there, and uh, what what it is is it's free bands are they're not sanctioned for tournament use, but you can play them or with, really anything. <laughs> yeah, you can play them with permission from the GM uh, if you're playing a campaign or with your opponent's permission if you if you agree. But they are really heavily unique and they use models that already exist in the game, and you're just repurposing right. them. So high customization to... options there. To name a few, you can play the new Black Coil Cultist straight from the pages of the Bright Sword Adventures Isles of Mist. I'll have to check them out. They may actually be really fun for this campaign we're doing. Mm -hmm. um, also, they've got the 
let's see here. There was one other. Oh, yeah, the a Dragon Flame Cultist. Those are ones I was really excited about. They light themselves um, on fire to get extra damage. Nice. <laughs> just and they have Kata. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, and they have Kata. No, they uh, they wanna they wanna uh, they think that by they want to summon Thrakensor, the the Dragon of Fire. They want to summon him into the world, and they think to do that they need to light lots of fires so they're all pyromaniacs and arsonists but there's a deep religious like uh dogma behind all of what they're doing and so it's it's pretty interesting yeah the one of the main things they have is this inflammability it looks like mm-hmm. so, and they also yeah they have some different fire abilities that look pretty interesting so I'm just I just wanted to plug that. I'm super excited about it. Uh oh. and so I think it's really great. And yeah, I do think it would be fantastic for uh the black black coil coil mm-hmm. to be used in your campaign. But actually it match pretty perfectly. I'm reading their lore right now. Well, not to get distracted. All right. Well, uh but we're not talking about them tonight, although maybe we should. Uh we're talking about the Kandoran Deathmasters. Dun. And so, uh, thanks for the sound effects there. Hey, there it is. I dropped a model off and his leg busted off and went flying and I couldn't find it. And then I turned around and there it was. Anyway. He's running away. It it was the little Chakram lizard guy. So, there's that. Um, It'll grow back. (laughs) Right. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about the Kandor and Deathmasters, which brings us into our meat of the episode here, uh, faction review. And so... uh, I think, uh, Juice, you've done a little reading on their lore and stuff. You want to give us a little backstory? Yeah, so I'm not going to say names because it, I'll butcher every single one of them. But they are a Khanite, so they're ruled by a Khan, an overseer. But they started out as more of like a nomadic horse drive. They are of the Simca race, which... Simca race, they're, they're kind of green-skinned. They're not really orcs. They're still humans. It's not really Tolkien. It's... There's not really, you know, good or bad in the Phelan universe currently, um, but they just, um, but there's just kind of there's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> so uh, anyway, so they started out as the nomadic horse tribes, and honestly, they were just getting oppressed left and right, and um, because of that, they. By the Grular, when, right? Getting- well, yeah, there was a little bit before that, but there was the Grular incursion, and um, because of the Grular incursion, uh, they joined forces, and I think they were be- became like one super nomadic tribe. Uh, through that, they kind of started experience, you know, looking into the cycle of life, and um, they started practicing, you know, raising skeletons and stuff like that. And uh, with that, they, it's become part of their lifestyle. Uh, it used to be forbidden, and now it's not. And they kind of see it as uh, kind of like fulfilling your vows, so to speak. Uh, like, uh, you know, you can, in, the, in their culture, I think you can basically be like, hey, I'm not going to promise you anything right now, but, you know, once I'm gone, you can, I'll, I'll join the army. And that's like a completely viable contract. Because <laughs> they, uh, one of the main tactics in their lore is um, the fact that they can bring your enemy back, you know, to fight against his old allies. It's quite the scare tactic when you're fighting Bob that you just went in with to the battle, and now Bob's attacking you and at Bob's least a zombie. <laughs> at least it's not Jenkins. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Don't sue it. No. All right. Anyway, so let's go over the models. Um, the Candorans are relatively new the last couple of years, so uh, they don't have as many models, but they do have an awesome model coming out. Um, I believe this model has been spoiled already, if not, you know. But, um, uh, Jeff, what's the name of it again? It's called the Bone Thrall Impaler, so we'll just yes. plug it really quick. It's a uh, skeleton on an undead horse. And so it gives yeah. them some speed, and I got to playtest this guy and ran two of them just to give him a good shot, and I obliterated my po- opponent. But we didn't think anything was wrong with that guy. It was uh, We thought something was very wrong with my opponent's dice. Uh, nice. So, but it was, uh, yeah, 
it's it, it's a really fun I thought it was a really fun model to play and uh, I look forward to seeing it on the battlefield here shortly right instead of being recycled for glue they're getting used for battle so this is great <laughs> it's too soon <laughs> <laughs> no more glue here Mr. Ed's going to take you down anyway alright so uh, I'll, there's I'll... that yeah, so we'll... which I'm really excited is very it's very thick to their lore. I'm surprised there wasn't one in the starter box, but um, that's okay. So uh, we'll go over their leader first. So starting with their leader, um, pull it up here. He's uh, so I got him up. You can I'll have you talk about Jackal Priest, but all right, yeah, so go for it. His name's the Oppressor. Yeah, his name is the Oppressor. He is a leader. Uh, he's kind of slow at speed five. You'll see why in a minute. He's got the standard Mar D12 as he's a melee leader. Uh, he has a Spike Draka. It's a D8 deadly weapon, so that's kind of cool. And then he also has a RAR. He has a RAR of D8, and he has a Lasso, which does D0 damage. Isn't that fantastic? Indeed. But it's a thrown weapon with Entangle and Pull. Pull allows you to move a target towards you a number of inches. I think it's D4. It's an opposed strength test, and yep, if you win, you get to move them D4 directly towards you, and that could end them in engagement with you. So that's pretty cool. Or it's, in a charge lane, or yeah, it's, uh, it's in the way of one of their their own models. Right. So it is a thrown weapon, so you can charge without making contact, and then do the throw thing and drag them into contact with you. I forget that, yeah. Yep, and then Entangle is a cool ability. Uh, if the target is the same or, sim or smaller base size is hit by a weapon with Entangle, they have to take an Agility Test 5. If they fail, they're minus 2 defense. If the Agile Test is failed by 4+, plus, in other words, it's Tarched, the target is restrained instead. If you crit them, with the attack, instead of spiking damage because it's a D0, you increase the TN of the agility test by two for each crit level. Yeah, I think one fun thing too is you can uh, reactionary shoot with that too. So yes, somebody's, if somebody's charging by, if they enter within the four, then you can reaction shot and potentially drag them in to a you know different target. Or, so you know they start entangled in the combat that they thought they were going to win. So, right, exactly. Anyway, so that's the lasso. It's uh, It doesn't do any damage, but it has a lot of utility. Uh, he's defense 4, but he's AV 6. And this guy comes in as a leader with 4 life points. This guy is a tank. Uh, discipline D12, standard. He's got leader, strong arm, which lets him... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm reading it here. Yeah. I've got a, a friendly follower that fails a morale test within six of you may roll again using its unmodified discipline, but the second test is charged that friend loses a life point. Basically, you're like, <laughs> do it or die. <laughs> <laughs> so if they touch it, they lose a life. They, they die instead. But that's kind of cool for your uh, followers that are around you. And then he's got Die Hard uh, on a D10 Endurance. He's got Tough 1, thus the four life points. And then Steadfast where he is able to uh, pass a test that he broke, uh, that he failed, or his first like morale test of the game he can pass. Right. Uh, their faction ability is bring out the dead. Before deployment, zones are determined. Each Kandoran player places six death tokens in the encounter area, alternating placement between players, so you and your opponent. Um, choosing the first player to place randomly. A death token may be placed within six in or not be placed within six inches of another death token or within twelve of any table edge. If no legal placement is available for the death token, it, it cannot be placed or it is not placed. And that segues, uh, Jeff, are you yeah. done for now for the episode? Yeah, yeah, that's that segues uh, really well into the jackal priest. So the whole reason we have death tokens in the um, in Kandoran is because of uh, mostly because of the the priest. So, what death tokens allow you to do is, if I'll just read it here. Uh, so they're placed in the encounter area. It may not be picked up or carried. In the game where the death tokens are in play, when a non-spirit model is dropped, you roll a d6 to place another one. But a caster may employ a death token 
to count as one power towards the casting of a necromancy spell. If either they or the target of their spell is in contact with the death token, uh, then you can do that. You may remove a death. To- you must, re- or you may, or sorry, you remove a death token after um, it has been used to enable or employ any game effect, including when the effect is successfully opposed or countered. So, you know, if you cast something and you use it and it's still countered, sorry, it still goes away. But um, it just is basically extra mana batteries for your necromancy spells. It has to be used for, for yeah, specifically necromancy. But it's not just Jackal Priest then too, because you know uh, the alternate caster, which we're not going to touch much, but the uh, Verazir or the Sorcerer um, is an alternate caster for the Kindorn, and uh, he can also use them too. So he's great. Look him up, but we're not going to go over him in this episode much. Uh, the Jackal Priest speed seven, so very pretty fast. D6 Mar. He has a staff. It's a D6. Um, and then it's two-ended, so you can add to defense there at start a turn. Or choose to hit him twice. In melee. Uh, in yeah, melee. in melee. <clears throat> uh, defense four, AV two, life points two, D6 discipline. So very, very normal caster stats. Well, that, um, D, that D6 disc is uh, kind of low. Most casters are D8s. D8, yeah. Uh, but we're he kind of makes up for it is his death shaper and his death binder ability. So I'm going to go ahead and read those because they deserve their own reading. So death shaper specifically here, uh, when a hero with the undead talent that is in your line of sight is about to lose a, a life point before the use of any abilities to avoid that life point loss. So um, die hard or anything like that. You may spend one power if you are ready and unengaged uh, to attempt to avoid that life point loss. And as you, as in the caster, uh, you taking you take a, a car test target number four uh, that gets a minus one for every full three inches that the target undead hero is from you to a maximum of 18 inches a death token in contact with the, either the you or the target may be removed to count as that power this is a casting test so it may be countered um, if successful the life point is not lost in a turn when door death shipper has not been used uh, it may be employed at the end of the turn to remove a life point from an undead faction model within 18 inches. If uh, if it is done, the death shaper model, so the, the caster in this case, gains plus two power. So I think they changed that since I remember. I don't remember getting no, two power, so yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's how it works. Yep. Uh, with that, too, you also get Deathbinder. When you cast a spell that brings an undead summon into model, or model into play, you may pay triple the normal cost to permit the model to remain in the game until the end of the encounter. Um, so this is very specific. Um, you can only do it X times per day, or X times per game, which I believe is one for him. Uh, the additional po- power required to employ Death Binder does not add to the base cost of the spell, so for spell uh, counter purposes, because otherwise it'd be, you know, like six mana or something like that. Ridiculous. So, But um, he's got a lot of good things. He's mostly... There for summoning. Yeah, um, and the death, we're gonna go the Deathbinder rule, just for clarification, because I mentioned we're gonna bring continual spells in. If he uses Deathbinder, the model that he summons doesn't count as a continual spell or a spell in any sense. It is a permanent now on the battlefield. So there yeah, you go. yeah. So that's where it would kind of change or bypass. But Death Shaper is an amazing ability. Um, it, it just is so fun. It takes a little bit of finesse. You kind of have everybody within this 18-inch bubble, but that's kind of typical for your caster anyway. Um, so we'll go over a couple more of his spells here. So uh, I think one notable one here is um, I like, I use this a lot, is going to be um, Doom, all target, or all attacks versus the target or plus two dice levels to hit. It's a great toolbox spell. You know, you really want to get rid of that guy. Hey, all of a sudden, all attacks, that's RAR and melees, right, right Jeff? All yep, attacks. Yep. And they're plus two dice level to hit. So, you know, you really want to take this guy down with your three muster archers. All of a sudden, they're doing D, D, D10 MAR, or D10 RAR against this guy that they just are trying to take down, you know? Your levies, you mean? Uh, sorry, yeah. Well, I, yeah, levies. <laughs> I just meant with anything, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Levies for this well, faction. I'm thinking Mr. Or Shirtle. if if you uh, if you're pretty confident that you're going to get like two or three shamblers on the same thing with their pack attack, this stacks. So that can make them really yeah. scary. I also we found out that Death Stain 
is stupid good against uh, anybody who relies on Die Hard because it says that Target cannot regain life points or employ a talent that avoids a life point loss. Yeah, so, just, it just takes a little bit of finesse. Again, it's kind of predicting, you know, you really got to pick and choose your target there, but, you know, it's definitely worth it. Um, there's some other really good ones. I think Haunt is one that I don't use much, but reading it here, I need to learn to use it better. A target is minus two dice levels to all discipline tests. So that is pretty significant. You know, they fail, you know, like um, fail a morale check. That's a discipline test, I believe, as well. So they're looking at a minus two dice level. A hero would be at a D4. <laughs> so that could mean the difference of, you know, them running away or something like that. Um, his main, rigor mortis. Well, his main, his main stuff here though, let, let's get into the meat of it. Right. So we're, right yeah. now we're just going down the list. The meat of it is he's got summon bone thrall, summon bone thrall host and summon shamblers. So shamblers, the weakest of that. And he can bring a shambler and it costs one mana. You can death binder it for three. Mm -hmm. And now it's a permanent shambler on the field or, Bone Thrall, which is you place a Bone Thrall out there, he can bring that in for six. Or you can do the whole host of Bone Thralls for nine with the uh, yeah. Death Shaper. And each has various stats there. Um, they are all undead, though. Uh, they Now, this is something important to note because they still are summoned, though. They cannot be used unless they've changed that. Um, because it says summon specifically, they cannot be used for death shaper. So you can't summon a guy and leech two life points off of him, real, or two a life point off of the shambler and get two power back and then no. summon him again. No, you you can't, can't do that. No. So just keep that in mind. You're not looking at infinite batteries here. These guys are just literally for smashing and hitting opponents. But boy, do they do that well. Um, they, however, um, I don't. A death shaper does doesn't work on them either, I don't think, because they're summoned. I mean, you could, but they're summoned, so why why would you do that? Yeah, okay. So it does work on them then, but... I, I that... honestly, I don't know if it does. I don't know why... It... Let me look at the summon key. I don't remember it working on summon, because uh, uh, you cannot receive any effect from a leader, and you don't... Let's see. You oh, no, it doesn't work on them. Hold reading. up, hold up. It doesn't work on them. When a hero with the undead talent is in your line of sight... And oh, yeah. you, they're not heroes, sorry. Yeah. So I just um, read it. <laughs> all of your uh, trying to keep shamblers alive with your death shaper ability, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. <laughs> In my defense, they retconned all that. I don't know if they did. No, oh, they did change death shaper. Dude, you can't keep a shambler alive. I never kept a shambler alive. What are you talking about? I don't know. I just remember all these diehards going off with death shaper. All right. I don't know. Anyway, which, anyway. Of, which of those three summons is your favorite? I always do the Shambler or the Bone Thrall, not the Host. Uh, the Host is good, but um, to be honest with you, I just like the utility of the Shambler or the Bone Thrall more. Shambler, usually because you add them with the Shamblers you already have and you've got more pack attack, or the Bone Thrall because uh, he's respectable with uh, his uh, Die Hard 1 Endurance D8. And uh, he's only defense 4 AV2, but... Um, he, he doesn't work. Usually he's summoned permanently for the game for me because unfortunately summoning um, the target number for those spells is a target number four. So on a D10, you've got good odds, but it's still a little bit more difficult uh, bringing them on the field. So if you decide you want to Deathbinder it and you're spending double, um, you know, I'm spending four mana and I'm hoping I get a four on my D10. Mm -hmm. um, that's a lot better than going and saying, hey, I'm going to try to permanent summon a Bone Thrall host, which is six mana, and if you fail, you're out the mana. And it's like, you're only, you know, you're starting with 15, so even if you hopefully have a couple death tokens in there, it's still a lot. So um, usually for me, though, I summon the Shambler. Two mana, permanent summon, and um, they have some specific rules to them that make them want to be with a human companion or a humanoid instead of an undead, so uh, I keep him next to my caster, and he has a guard buddy, because my caster is, as Jeff mentioned earlier, not very good with the discipline, and uh, he's a caster, so his defense and everything else is kind of low, so he makes a great blocker for, the Bone Thrall does especially, but makes a great blocker for 
archers and stuff like that that would try to come in and get rid of your caster or the grular if they come in from the back any of that stuff i just use it for that so yeah that's a little bit of tactics there so uh with the with the jackal priest but that's not all it's not just the oppressor and the jackal priest in the box you also get some undead heroes to go along with them and so uh I so I actually like the awakened better, and so I'll I'll chat about that. I'll let you chat about the uh, KX Krayx. Yeah. Anyway, I'll let which Krayx is who they worship? Yep. All right, cool. So anyway, the awakened. This is like a zombie or a, a mummy kind of looking model. Um, these guys all have a very Egyptian kind of feel to the to the faction, but uh, they're going to be speed five because they're undead, right? So they're going to be speed 5. They've got a Mar of D8. Now, D8 on a melee hero is pretty weak. However, he gets two attacks with a D8 damage, and they have a unique rule called Decay. And so he gets two D8 Mar attacks that do D8 damage. Decay. A target hit by an attack with Decay needs to pass an Endurance test, or they gain a Decay token. What's a Decay token? At the end of the turn, a model with a decay token needs to make a endurance test. If it f target number is a two plus one for each additional decay token, if it fails, it loses a life point. And so that's kind of crazy. Um, that this it never works for me though. <laughs> well, it can like slowly wear people down. And it's a model hit with an attack with the decay, so you don't even have to do damage to. You just got hit with it. Anyway, right. he's got no raw, or, uh, no ranged anything. He's defense four. He's got armor value five, and then three life points, which is pretty good. He's discipline D eight, so he's striking a little slow there. But we need to talk about his first special here, which is undead. So let's figure out what undead I is. And I've got to pull up here if you want. Oh, yep. Go ahead. So undead includes fearless, immune poison, immune stun, and tireless. You may pass all spirit tests you are required to make that result from a spell targeting you. Hero's honor does not apply to you as attacker or defender. Yep. So that that means like he's got a lot. Of, undead packs in a lot of immunities, right? Fear, uh, all that jazz. I think that's also why their discipline's a little bit less um, higher point cost, those kind of things. It, it kind of evens out. Well, I also think I think we might be missing something here with Undead uh, because they don't break from combat either. Right? Unless they change that. But uh, right now... I'll we'll have to check it. It, we pull it might up be up under Fearless. I'll pull, it up um, in the rule, I'll pull it up in the rule book when you do... It's, yeah, it's it's under fearless. Oh, you it? always pass morale test. You are not affected by fearsome or terrifying. There it is. There it is. So anyway, that means like if you stick them in, they don't break. Um, they're gonna be there until they're dead or the other person's dead or leaves. Anyway, he's got hardened, so critical damage against him is threshold fifteen. Tough one for the extra life point. He's slow. This means when he runs, instead of running ten inches, he's only gonna run nine inches. And then same with charge. Yep. And then he's uh, fearsome as well, so he causes fear tests. And all of that for 29 gold. So he clocks in pretty cheap. It's because he's recycled. Uh. Alright, you want to give us a uh, talk to us about the Reaper? Kind of. Actually, I'll let you talk about the Reaper because I want to talk about the Wretch. He's like oh, my yeah, favorite all right, model. All right, all right, all right. So then we have, uh, how do you pronounce that? Krayx? We'll just say Krayx or Krayx, yeah. John, correct us, please. Anyway, uh, speed 5. It's probably something really weird. Mar D10. So this guy's coming up with the full Mar. Then he's got a Scythe, uh, and it's a cool sculpt as well, I just gotta say. Anyway, Scythe D10 for damage. And he's got the Sweep Attack special rule. So Sweep Attack is like, you pick it, you can attack all models in your front arc, you just pick one end to start at, and then uh, it's a D10 to hit, D10 damage. D8 to hit, D8 damage. D6 to hit, D8, D6 damage. Um, so you get you like lose strength as you go, but it's still it's uh it's pretty it's pretty sweet. I've seen it used to great effectiveness. 
Anyway, so he's D10 to hit, D10 damage uh, against one target. And then he's uh, defense four, clocking in at AV6. So this is a pretty heavily armored faction, if you're noticing. Uh, he's got three life points. Discipline D10, so he's up there. He's got the undead thing as well. He is also hardened, so he's got uh, critical hit threshold, uh, critical damage threshold 15. Uh, he's tough, one, so there's that extra life point again. Then this guy has slow as well, and protector. So if you get this guy in against, like, if somebody engages your jackal priest, you throw this guy in, jackal priest can't be attacked. You know, or this guy's a great one, little theory crafting here, but you get him in and then throw a bunch of shamblers in, you know, and they can't attack the shamblers, they have to attack him. He clocks in at 30 gold. So he's like, I like to think of him as like the Khazarik Hinterguard, but uh, the undead version of that, because he's pretty similar, pretty similar kit there. That would be a cool conversion, which someone has sort of done. <laughs> Weber. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You wanna you wanna talk about the followers? I like both the followers that come in the starter set. Yeah. So there's two followers in the starter set. Um, but my favorite is the wretch. Um, now the followers in the starter set. Oh, sorry. There's three followers in the starter set. But um, no, my favorite is the wretch. No, there's only two. The, sh the shambler's in the starter. He is not. Oh, he's not. Okay. No. Uh, nope. I'm. I'm sorry. You're right. Yep. Um. So anyway, um, with that, the wretch. What you get is uh, he's speed seven. So this guy's going to be one of your fastest units in the game. D6 Mar, which isn't bad for follower. Claw D6, which uh, the sculpt, he, he's holding a hand that's not his hand. <laughs> um, he's like a grave digger, and he's holding a hand. It's a, just an awesome sculpt. I love it. That's why. Defense 4, AB2, Life Point 1, Discipline D6. Infiltrate, which I don't, we haven't talked about that a whole lot recently, but you know he gets extra. He's very fast. Uh, when After you deploy him, you get to move him an extra 7. He gets a free move at the beginning of the turn. Before the game begins, he gets a free move. But where he shines, other than being 8 gold, because that's awesome, this is, is, is the wonderful ability called scavenger you may remove a death token with which you are in contact as a special action and gain one life point this may take you up to one life point over your starting life point value your follower for eight gold turn one can get a second life point and that's what makes him amazing. I use these guys as objective runners because everybody else in their dog is freaking slow. Uh, these guys have saved my bacon so many times because, especially in those objective games where it's like, hey, the first one to go to this stone and do this thing, or first one to go and do, you know, is the one that, you know, gets the treasure mark or whatever. This guy will run up there and just annoy people. That's what he does for me. I mean, unfortunately, they die a lot, which uh, it makes me sad, especially since I've done conversions of ones. But um, turn one, uh, you can place the death token in such a way that you can infiltrate be right on top of that death token, and then your first turn, special action, two life points. The only thing is you want to move him into cover after that because he gets shot. People are just like, hey, that follower has two life points, and he's also like 20 inches up the board. Let's just shoot him. It's very sad because all he has is a shovel and he cries. Um, <laughs> or he puts the hand up and he you know, pulls the tendon and waves. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> well, you did but, a yeah, version he... where he's holding a sword, so... Yes, I did, but the unfortunate part... I did it where the hand is holding a sword, so it's not oh. even his hand. It's a hand he's holding. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Uh, it's it's very fun, but I did that thinking that he could use a magical blade item, and he wasn't able to, so it ruined lots of stuff. But he still looks cool. Yeah, because unfortunately... Well, actually, you know, I gotta look at that blade. It, he might still be able to. I can't remember. No, it's, it's, the a, one that's... it's a sword weapon. It replaces a sword weapon. Well, is, does that one specifically do that? Yeah, I don't does. remember. Yeah, it does. Yep. Okay. And it's a Grular weapon, too, so it would be perfect to steal it. It's very thematic. Anyway. Well, they, they, changed, they changed it to be... Uh, they, they sword. Made it, uh, yeah, sword weapons have to replace sword weapons. Uh, I don't know. I want to a card. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Uh, Jeff, you want to go ahead and talk about the Levy Spearman? All right, yeah. So the Levy Spearman... I like him a lot. He's pretty cool. So he's speed five. Uh, and this is also a human. So these are both like, or they're Simker. And so uh, they're, they're both like living. 
Um, mm-hmm. So the Speed 5, again, this is a pretty slow faction. He has some fast miles with the Wretch. That's your objective runner, especially with the two life points. But it's a pretty slow faction. So Speed 5, uh, D6 Mar with a long spear for uh, D8 damage and standoff. Um, so that's pretty cool. Then he's got a bow. So he's Rar D6. And then he's got his bow for D6 damage. Uh, 8 inch, 16, and 24 are your range bands there. His defense is where he really, like, what? Like, kind of comes in. So he's got a Pavas. Uh, and so he's defense 4, unless it's against ranged attacks. If it's against ranged attacks, he's defense 7. <laughs> so this guy is, like, really hard to crack. And then he's yeah, got... Yeah, he's got four armor on top of that. So he is a very tanky follower. Um, yeah. One life point, D4 discipline, and then he costs 13 gold. All in all, I think he's pretty solid, especially, again, like, just, again, this is theory crafting, right? So I haven't played this. But if you put, if you have, like, a core of levies, and then you put Doom out on a model... And then you can shoot those. Those are all D10 attacks instead of D6 attacks. Range That's what attacks. I meant when I was talking about yep. musters earlier. But yeah, but I found they underperformed for me, unfortunately. But it's but just my play style. Yeah, I have. I didn't do that. I am more like summoning and using yeah, my mana to keep my heroes alive. It's just my play style differences. So, but if you wanted to take the ranged route, this is your only option. This is the only ranged model other than the oppressor with his lasso in the entire faction right now so i um, i like a couple of levies like two levies in the list just to add that threat in there and then they're decent in combat d6 d8 is the same as a um uh failure swordsman so right i mean i'm I have yet to see them perform, but I'm one of the only Kandoran players, but we have more now, so yay. But, well, we have two more now. I started with Kandor, but now we have two other guys that are uh, have the faction, I think, oh, in the Scott, area. So Scott, Scott yep, and Jake. So I'm excited about them exploring the wonderful mysteries, and I hope they find love for the wretch as well because it's very fun. Um, but uh, the other... Well, that, that actually completes starter box. So um, we don't really... And yeah, so that's everything. Although, like, right now, it's kind of hard to talk about where to go from here uh, because the starter box is mostly all that's out for the faction. Now, uh, he mentioned the Verazir. That's your alternative caster. The Bone... the uh, Not Bone Thrall. The Jackal Priest is a really defensive caster for the most part. The Verazir is insanely offensive. So give him a check out. He's a sorcerer model from the enemy pack if you want to pick him up. So yeah, very offensive. And you know when you buy that model you get two things for the price of one. You yeah, get the you... sorcerer model yeah. for the uh the scenario and then you get the uh, an alternate caster. He has a lot of good stuff. Uh we're not going to go over it in this episode, but I um like Jeff said he's more offensive and so He's a little more finesse to use. I mean, he's very different from the Jackal Priest, so you, you know, you're building specifically around that. Um, so, and then the other three models in the set are the Shambler, the Bone Thralls, and the Bone Guards. The Bone Thrall and Guards and everything can be picked up as a pack um, with the Bone Thrall host. Um, I do encourage you, and unfortunately this has already happened to some new players, but when you do buy that, um, you can put them all on one base for the host but what you want to do is to more than likely magnetize them or make it where they can pop off and on because uh, it, that way you have some utility. So you're not going to be summoning the host all the time. So what I did is eventually I picked up another pack, but um, you want to be able to have individual models as well. And you can take Bone Thralls and Bone Thrall Guards as individual models as like followers. You can buy them. Yeah, Bone Thrall is different than the Guard. The Guard is a actually a really good follower um uh he's got a d8 mar and a five defense um otherwise he's pretty similar to the bone thrall they have yeah they're basically the same his he has diehard d8 just the same as the other 
but he has a little higher defense in Mar. So um, he can't be summoned. He's not a summon, but he's just a follower that you can pick up, and I like him a lot. I own quite a few of them. I honestly run the wretches in him more than I run any of the other followers. Um, Shamblers are so cheap that I run them occasionally, but that's kind of it. But um, but yeah, um, so basically where to go from from here. So you bought the starter, and you're looking at increasing your army. Um, Jeff, where do we go from here? I mean, honestly, other than buying Shamblers or the Bone Thrall Host Pack. Uh, which has the guard. Yep, which has the guard in it, and, you know, it's just a bunch of Bone Thrall stuff. Uh, those are great places to go for followers. But honestly, I would actually pick up a second starter set. You can use all of the models in the starter set a second time, except the Jackal Priest. But you could probably find some fun conversions in there for the Jackal Priest as well. Uh, and it's a cool model to paint up. It wouldn't be a bad thing to have two of them, just, uh, you know, one for your desk at work and then one to actually play, play with. But, or, you know, you, you could look at, uh, if somebody wanted to pick to up a, a Jackal Priest. Yeah, exactly. Or you could sell it as an individual model if somebody wanted it. It's yeah. very thematic, um, but, has that strong Egyptian vibe. Yep. But the rest of the, uh, models in the starter set, the Oppressor, uh, the two undead, the the two followers. You can use a second one of all of those. If you want to, like, one of the things that uh, Juice was doing when he was playing in our campaign is he actually, his leader was the uh, Jackal Priest. So he upgraded that guy to a D12 uh, car, caster ability rating. Extra life point. Extra life point. So he's doing his, like, summons all over the place, and he he's, can get them off more effectively and this and that. And then he could run, if he wanted to, two oppressors. What he actually ended up doing was running two of the Reapers and two of the um, Scythe guys, uh, or Awakened, rather. Two of the Reapers and two of the Awakened, and then one oppressor. Is what he ended up with in his in his free yeah. But yeah, I ran the oppressor as the non-leader variant, which is in the rule books. Um, you take away some stuff, discipline goes down, but I believe he keeps his four life points because no, he loses the leader talent, so he loses one life point off that. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but the jackal priest also is one of the only other leaders that you can do as an alternate leader rule um, because he is the only other human. Fall, uh, hero. You could do the other caster as well, the Verazir, but um, Undead can never be made the leader as of right now. Yeah. So that's one, yeah, one yeah. downside of Undead, I suppose, if you want to call it a downside, you know? Yep. Yeah. Perfect, yeah. Yeah, so the, the leader talent includes Tough One. And so the uh, Oppressor is t has Tough One. It's listed, but it's actually because of the leader talent that he has Tough One. Right. And um, I just want to point this out, too, for their faction assembly rule. Shamblers count as half followers for free band limits. So um, you cannot have more than uh, more Shamblers than twice the number of heroes in your free band, though. But they are so cheap. They're six gold. Um, they're... Honestly, you know, you're going to look into them, but they um, have a lot of downsides to them, but they're, they're just, they're there as fodder. And um, they do fodder well. Uh, they're not that fast, but you just bring them as a horde and surprise somebody and throw at least one hero in, especially the Reaper. We talked about that earlier. And then, you know, that's a viable strategy. I picked up a couple because I like the model. But um, it's something to play around with for sure as you're building the list and stuff. They're the only ones that, you know, you're not going to have two of if you buy the starter. But um, I think the starter is the most economic way to go, like yep. Jeff was saying, um, because Every, everything in there everything's other, useful. Yeah, exactly. Other than the second Jackal Priest, but you could very easily convert one of those Jackal Priests into a Verizir of some sort, which would be great. Yeah. Anyway. And then you have something unique. Yep. Yep. So then you got both your casters, you got all that jazz. And so, uh, and two levies are great. Two wretches, uh, as Juice has mentioned a million times, he loves it for eight gold. You can't beat that guy. Two's not enough. No, yeah, kidding. right, seriously. Anyway, so that's the Kandorans for you. And then, like, in a couple of months, whenever, uh, I don't know when it gets released, but the Bone Thrall Impaler will be coming out, and you can look for that, and that'll be really exciting as well. Um, yeah, that's going to change the dynamic of the faction a lot. Adding that speed, I haven't seen the stats, but I imagine with most speed mounts, nine. speed 9 or 10. Oh, yeah, no. exactly. I think it's, it's actually, probably 10. No, it's speed 8. He's speed 8. 
Oh, because of slow. Yeah. Maybe something like that. Okay. He's, he's undead. So he's speed eight or it, it might be nine, but I thought he was speed eight. Well, the heavy armored knights from Herald and the about um, They're speed nine. They're speed nine. So I imagine I think their speed this guy was speed eight. Okay. That would be unique then and they probably used it as some kind of other stuff. I mean he is losing some muscle, so there's that, but Oh, he's undead, so anyway, it's a cool it's definitely a cool model. Uh, I've seen he is aerodynamic, also. though. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway, so yeah, there's the Kandorans. We hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation about the Kandorans, and um, yeah, they're uh, they're pretty simple to play for the most part. You just you gotta learn that finesse with the uh, jackal priest and when to death shape and stuff like that. Right. I honestly would say, I mean, I don't think it's talked about much. This is my personal opinion, but I honestly say, would say if you're looking at starter beginning factions, that this is one that I would throw on the list as a very uh, beginner friendly. Yep. The Jackal Priest is the most intricate part of it, but Undead saves you a lot of the rules. Not having to make morale checks and then also being able, a Hero's Honor is something that we forget as new players a lot, but whenever your heroes are fighting against each other, you have to fight other heroes. But the undead don't care if there's a follower in the fight he's just as good as the target as the hero is yep and they'll go after him so that's the bandit's whole faction ability so into one hero <laughs> yep for sure although the bandits like the people fighting the bandits still have to follow a hero's honor yeah true anyway but yeah so uh i hope you guys enjoyed the episode uh give it a like and a share if you did and if you didn't, give it a like and a share anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we'll uh, we'll be back with another faction overview. Um, I don't know what we're gonna do next. Uh, if we haven't done trillions, I think we should shoot for them. Get it? <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll do trillions. Trillions are my favorite faction. Uh, bandits have a this close second, but I really like the trillions. So they're also my first faction. Anyway. They're also who you won third place with. By one pip, man. If in I, America. If I had gotten one more pip or on that on the die on my last roll of the game, I would have taken first. So anyway. Exactly. Uh, they're also dirty wood elves and <laughs> they are very clean as a matter of fact. Anyway, so maybe we'll talk trillions. Who knows? Uh so stay tuned. Alright, have a good night everybody.